Good Friday afternoon to you. Good Friday afternoon. I am Chris. I am the host, the creator of Encouraging Your Spirit podcast. And I hope this message finds you doing well. Um, I'm going to give a trigger warning that today's episode is the first episode uh, back for our podcast. And I'll give a little context of that as well as give a trigger warning that in this episode, if you see me looking to the right, that's because I wrote notes and rather than printing them out and looking down, you see me look over here to the right. Um, They're on my other screen. Um, So trigger warning, I'm talking about grief and death. Uh, So in case anybody has any uh, deep concerning feelings about that, just, just letting you know, I always tell you on the podcast, guard your heart. You know how to take care of you. So just letting you know what we're going to talk about today. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time since I have dropped a new podcast episode. I pride myself on being transparent and being totally willing to use every single part of my life and my experience, lived experiences uh, to encourage, to educate, and uh, empower people. So when we last left off on our podcast episodes last December, I had said, you know, that we were going on hiatus for the holidays. That's generally uh, what's expected. And I had shared that, you know, the podcast would be on hiatus and that, you know, I would come back in January. However, uh, in my personal life, I learned that my spouse had uh, accepted a position and would be moving to the Upper East Coast. So that meant that my month of December was a wide array of emotions. I felt like a you know, tsunami of emotions, lots of transitions, you know, the way you think life is going to be for you and the way life, you know, is totally buried. I felt lots of uh, sadness. I cried often. I felt great emotional pain. You know, I also felt like my words um, at that particular time uh, were or could have been a bit sharp, for lack of a better term. And I didn't want to bleed on people. And meaning people, meaning me, you, us, people being the people that hear my podcast. I confess that I do not know specifically who the listeners of Encouraging Your Spirit are. I get the statistics on the podcast and it tells me, you know, a wide array of states uh, as well as sometimes in many cases overseas. You know, it doesn't give me a name. It just tells me a percentage of people who've listened to. And I've always prided myself on the fact that, you know, Encouraging Your Spirit is a podcast to let uh, everyone know that Abba's love is inclusive and it excludes no one. I also am very cognizant and aware of the fact that when you come on a platform, whether it's one person or many people, you know, people hear your words and long after they've stopped uh, listening to the recording or they not not watch the video, they still have your words etched in their mind, etched in their spirit, etched in their heart. So I think you have to be careful about the words that you speak to people. And when we're thinking about the way people have used language, people have used words to harm people, uh, be LGBTQIAS, uh, people of uh, Black people or Indigenous or people of color, I'm always aware that I can't see you. 
I don't know, you know, what you might have experienced prior to hearing this podcast or hearing me talk. So I'm aware that you could have been harmed previously from something. And I definitely do not want to ever use my words or use the content that I create and talk about and teach to cause further harm. The only goals I have are to educate, to empower, to encourage, to be useful, and to be effective. That's my goal. Whether we're talking about scripture, stories, uh, song lyrics, personal reflection, or whether you're on the other uh, podcast and I'm talking about information science, goal is still the same, to not cause further harm and to be effective and to be useful. Otherwise, turn my mic off. That's that's me every day, all day in real life. So in realizing, you know, that assessment, awareness of where I was emotionally and mentally, I decided that, you know what, the I was going to go on hiatus because what, what was I going to, you know, talk to you about? What, how was I going to come to you? And not in the sense that I feel that I have to be perfect, that my life has to be great. Not that it means that in saying that my spouse is in, you know, the Upper East Coast, that that means that I'm now a single person. It's none of those things. It's just when transitions and things happen that you are um, not prepared for, not thinking about, not thinking that that it will happen to you or it's a new experience, the suddenness, if you will, then, you know, I just decided to take a time out and not just a time out and just sit. Uh, but I also have been going to therapy because in addition to, you know, transitions in my home, I still work full time. I'm still a student in the information science doctoral program. And while no matter what is happening in our life, we would like for life to say, hold on, stop, pause. The carousel of life keeps right on turning. So during that time, you know, I was just trying to figure things out, how to get in the groove and the rhythm of life now. Um, so, you know, like I said, I took time away. I, you know, created an infrastructure of support with various groups, with therapy, uh, with friends, with a lot of different things, creating, you know, what I would need to uh, to continue moving through life in the healthiest of ways, because I think no matter what happens in your life, being healthy, mentally, emotionally, spiritually is always important. And, you know, by May, I had planned to return to making uh, episodes that would launch, you know, in June. And the first week of May, or maybe the second week coming up on Mother's Day, I had learned that my mother was having a emergency surgery for a hip, not hip replacement, but a pin in her hip. So I had planned to go ahead and go to Georgia and just stay, you know, a little while just to help and be of support to my father and to my brother who has special needs. And I remember, you know, May 19th and 20th so clearly. It was a weekend. You know, my father had picked me up from the transportation center. And I remember hugging him, telling him how amazing that he looked because he looked radiant in his suit and he was coming from church and I asked him if he could stop at Walmart and we went to Walmart because I needed to get some items and then by the time I got back in the car my mother and him were on the phone and I was you know chatting with both of them we went and we got you know some food from Wife Savers and then we went to my childhood home and we ate my my aunt was there because she was providing you know care for my my brother while my dad had been out 
And then we decided to go together to drop her back off at where she stayed. And then we came back and, you know, they were going through their rhythm of nighttime rituals of preparing my brother to, you know, get ready for bed. And, you know, the the cool down, the get ready to lay down, get ready to go to bed, you know, experience. I remember we watched Father Brown on uh, the television show. And, and I was amazed because I didn't know my dad liked British mysteries. So we were talking about that. And then we had been talking about, you know, my classes because he was excited because last semester I made straight A's and, you know, my plan for taking my qualifying exam, you know, this fall and, you know, how to prepare for that because he was a teacher and, it, you know, that's what he represents as well as the fact that he too completed a PhD in 2000 in education. So, just learning from people's experience uh, was, was what my, my father always provided. And I remember that that Monday of the 20th, you know, I was talking with my wife on the phone because she wasn't having the best day. And I was talking with her. And then while I was talking with her, my mother was calling in and then I saw her text that she was saying she couldn't get a hold of my dad to go see what was happening and what was going on. And, you know, my father, it was, you're talking about retired people. So I don't know. You know, their schedule, it seemed really quiet. I remember that. And I remember there was a side door to to get to the the hallway of um of of the rooms um on that side that my parents and my, my brother sleep in. The irony is my childhood uh room has been turned into an office and it's been that way for several years. So I sleep when I visited uh on the other side of the house, which was this room that they had built with a walk-in closet and its own bathroom and there was near near a carport. And I really wanted that to be my my room growing up, but that was never the, <laughs> never the case. So anyway, I couldn't get um in the door. And I thought it was odd because I was like, well, I know sometimes they put something on the other door that's leading to the kitchen to keep the dog out from wandering around in the kitchen. But this door, I never knew anything to be, you know, behind it because it was heavy. And it was when I kept pushing and then I was able to lean my, you know, head around and look, I was able to see that my father was behind the door seated in a slump position. And I remember being, you know, very um, uncertain and saying his name, you know, over and over again. And then I had the, because I had the phone, I went to get the phone, the house phone. And I, even though I was dialing 911, it wasn't working for me. And so I went to the bathroom and I uh, got my cell phone. And I remember, you know, my wife was thanking me for, you know, talking with her and being of support. And I remember texting her that I was terrified. It probably wasn't the best thing to do in hindsight to text to text her that I'm terrified of, you know, and explaining what what I what it what I had seen in shorthand. But in many ways I was doing it as grounding because my uh spouse, my wife, has been a person that is a calm person to talk to. So I was trying to remind myself to stay calm because I didn't really have any thoughts other than panic other than it seemed like time just slowed down for lack of a better you know articulation and it just seemed like everything was just going very 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 slow and I didn't have any uh thoughts to like let's let's pray or let's it was just deep intense silence 
and I'm dialing, you know, 911 and I'm talking to them and my mom is calling and I'm telling, you know, my mom that, you know, I, you know, what I, what has happened and telling her not to worry. And then she's sending my uncle over. And then when he got there, the ambulance, you know, people were there. And then just that whole experience of him being, you know, unresponsive and, you know, not hearing my brother because I'm like, he's quiet and I don't know where he is. And it's just that entire experience. And when you think about it in retrospect, you know, I've seen it on television. I have seen it in the sense of when the news reports or when you've seen it on Facebook posts and people are telling you about whatever their experience is with whatever is happening in their life. Yet it changes when it happens to you. And I don't mean change in the sense of, uh, I can't even, maybe change isn't the best word for it, but it's like you get it when it happens to you. And it's like, there's ambulance people, there's, you know, the police are there. My uncle is there. There's a caregiver that's, that's there to help, you know, with my brother, you know, I've had, I have to call my mother and tell her that my father is no longer here. And it's just a, a wide array of circle of things. And life doesn't stop that. Life doesn't stop. It doesn't, the carousel doesn't, you know, stop turning and say, we're gonna, it's like you're doing a multitude of things in grief. In grief of this has just happened, the disbelief, the the suddenness of it. You know, I don't, I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, if, if you could say that somebody had been sick uh, or they had been in the hospital or they had had a health battle, then maybe you could understand. But in this case, when it comes to my father, I, didn't, I don't have those words. I don't have those, that, that knowledge of, yeah, he was... In 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 my knowledge, um, and to many, he was the healthy person. They later said it was cardiovascular and natural causes. He had turned was it seventy five in April, and you know when I view elders and parents, I view them as superheroes, people that will not die. I know that might be irrational, but uh, that's how I how I view them. He's forever forty five. And then it's like my mother is she had was was doing uh, intensive um, physical therapy, but she wasn't able to finish. So I was immersed in caregiving and helping plan a funeral and trying to figure out what is life now. What 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 uh, what what does life look like now? And planning for the life that you are living in in the moment. Moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond. And, you know, the the result of that was a funeral. The result of that was I did eventually leave uh, Georgia and come back to Illinois for a little while. And then I left again July 17th and, and stayed there uh, till probably the second week in August. So I spent most of my summer in 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 uh Georgia, save a week of where I went to to see my to, to see my spouse. Um and then there was you know some time here in Illinois and figuring out okay if there's another catas catastrophic event or something traumatic that happens. Um what things do I need to have in place for that? And talking with human resources 
and the feelings of being scared and terrified that something is going to happen. I remember saying to my uncle as I rolled back the first time to to uh, the transportation center to to head to to get on the plane. Um, you know, I know I did said I wanted to help and be of support, but I wasn't uh, thinking that that meant somebody would have to die or that somebody would die. I wasn't thinking that that wasn't in my mind. And grappling with the suddenness of that and all the emotions that it brings up when you're caregiving and grieving at the same time. And then when you come back to Illinois and it's just you in the house, it's just you trying to to figure out life day to day, moment to moment and get back in some form of a rhythm and the plans that you had because summer is my favorite time. I, I love it because my birthday is in July. I love it because it's hot. I love it because it's relaxation. And it's like summer for me, just it didn't have the same feel to it. I also had to come back and there was Father's Day and it's the first Father's Day without my dad to call and say happy father's day too and then i decided not to go to church because i was like then there'll be all the fathers that are standing up and then um i decided you know what i'll do i had to get out of the house so i i decided to go to the original house of pancakes and um that was slightly traumatic because there were people that came there to bring their dad to brunch. And it's not that I was mad at them and or unhappy or unkind. It's just, it's the first Father's Day without my dad. Thankfully, I had, you know, a headset to listen to music and I had a cigar magazine and I ate breakfast. Uh, and then later I had a great soft time. But you know, that's grief. This quote that I uh, have found says it best. It says, it's by F. Weller. I would substitute one of the words for siblings, but F. Weller said, grief and love are sisters woven together from the beginning. The kinship reminds us that there is no love that does not contain loss and no loss that is not a reminder of the love we carry for what we once held close. A mentor of mine told me she believes that grief is the one thing in life that is constant because loss happens, whether it's the loss of, of, of a person, a family member, a friend, it's a loss of a dream, a loss of the way that you thought life is or was, it occurs. And I thought about that often, too, when I was, you know, uh, in the grocery store doing, you know, random tasks or doing so many different things that, you know, while this was the season that I'm in, in my life, others around me, they either A, might be going through it, too, and I have no idea. B, they've gone through it, too, while I was in a different season. But the ultimate point of that, uh, of sharing this, is to share that's where I've been. Grief, uh, transition of life, um, uh, you know, life in the, of, of household life and, you know, hanging in there. I am grateful, grateful, grateful for a wife the, the, to talk to and who listens to me uh, and understands. I am grateful for Baba and Elle. I'm grateful for um, the friend of brothers that I met during the pan during when the pandemic began that uh, are available on 
uh, FaceTime or and have them available for FaceTime and listen to voice recorded notes. I'm grateful for a friend of mine that lives in Florida that we write long letters to each other about what's going on in our life. We've been doing that since I moved here. Uh, so for the past 10 years, Jean, I'm so grateful for her and um, grateful to God for sustaining and keeping my mind, heart, and spirit. Grateful for therapists, uh, grateful for the online grief group that has been really helpful. There's another one that I joined as well. Um, so most recently, so different tools that I've used, the the text that the grief group um, sends. I was trying to find one to uh, share with you that they gave. Hang on, let me see if I can get to it. Um, hold on. Because they sent, they sent, it was like you could, you could get the uh, texts if you want, want. And I had signed up to those. So here, yep, here it is. It says having something, yesterday's was having something to look forward to is an important part of healing. But right now, your calendar might be or maybe a lot emptier than you like. Is there a small at home project that you could start this week? Whether it's gardening, creating a photo album or writing letters to friends, finding meaningful uh, projects can be healing. So it sends different things. When we think about like things that I've been doing, exercising has been something that I've been doing Um something that I had been wanting to do anyway, but I um, and had planned to do before all of these things in, in May happen, you know. Um, but I had to pay for the gym myself because now I'm just taking like three hours uh, for my qualifying exam. And not like my point is you got to charge the um, fee for the gym as I would be charged for my um student fees or another good message from the grief uh, text that they send for support says human beings are capable of feeling a wide and powerful spectrum of emotions and are equipped to feel the pain that comes with loss know that there is no right or wrong way to feel as you come to terms with your loved one's death so different tools like that that you can think on and reflect on um have been helpful to me. Sometimes I read it and I don't, I'm like, I can't use that or I don't, it's whatever. But healing is a continuous process. It, it really is. And I, and even as I tell you that, you know, the next podcast episode that you'll hear will be me um, talking about moving forward. I can't tell you that I've arrived somewhere it's the space and place that I'm in now, healing and moving forward. And it looks different every day, moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond. It looks so different. You know, I was talking with my wife earlier today and I was saying how my knees felt like I was 95. I've been exercising three times a week, but today they was just a creaking and a cracking. It was slow getting it together uh, to to uh, get up and go to work today. And yet I don't have anything that I can tell you that is wrong because around 11, I was sitting outside. Well, no, not 11, around 1030. I went and got me something to eat because I didn't get, I didn't eat, I didn't even have time for breakfast today. And I stopped at one of the food trucks and, and was waiting on them to open. 
And as I was waiting, I just started having prayer time with God, with all the things I'm grateful for. Grateful for life and movement in my body. Grateful for uh, the ability and use of my limbs. Grateful for sustaining and keeping my mind. Grateful that I have a position that has given me support and freedom and, and um, the ability to take off work when I needed to and nobody was threatening to take your job away. Grateful for income and resources that I've not missed a payment of anything. I'm not behind on anything. Grateful for the care and the sustaining keeping power that Abba gives me moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond. Grateful not from a sense, a space or place of arrogance that I'm somehow better than anybody else. I'm just grateful moment to moment. Um, millisecond to millisecond because transitions of, of, of home life and and uh, dealing with 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 my father's passing have been difficult. And while I know these are things that I've experienced and I imagine and realize other people around me that I know, know of or have no clue, never met in the, in the world are experiencing their own forms of life, whatever they may be, because life, life's for all of us. And I'm sending support. I'm sending uh, healing thoughts, prayers of encouragement, empowerment to each and every one of you, no matter who you are, no matter where you're located. And if no one has told you today, I love you. Know that I, Chris Wiley, love you, support you, and believe and walk with you. And, uh, that's just where I'm at. And I just felt like this was the best way to open up the podcast again, to tell you and be transparent about, you know, where I am in my life, why you haven't been getting a lot of episodes to thank you to those people who have continued to download previous episodes and listen. I thank you immensely. I don't know who, what your name is and, and, and where you located specifically, but thank you from the bottom of my heart because I always want to be useful and effective. Um, and that's all I got. Um, the next podcast episode that you hear will be moving forward is a subject that we're going to talk about. That episode drops tomorrow and um, sometime tomorrow because I haven't finished writing and I definitely plan to record it uh, tomorrow morning. So you should get it this weekend. But I thank you. I figured I'd give you this one today rather than making you wait for two. And this will be available on the YouTube page as well as Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is the name of the service that I use, but it puts the podcast everywhere that pods are casted. And I thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to me tell you what's been going on in Wiley's world. And uh, hey, I'll see you next time. You take care of yourself. Peace. Be blessed.